Oh, right. 
how to prepare for an encounter with God. So I want us to start from this scripture. Watch your step when you enter God's house. Enter to learn. To learn what? To learn more about God. To learn more of His ways. And the Bible continues to say that's far better than mindlessly offering a sacrifice. I know it is important for us to give an offering in the, in the house of God. There is a place for that. This is, let me be quick to say, this is just part one of this. There is always more to this. But then the Bible says, we should not just be prepared to give something to the God, uh, to the Lord, mindlessly, where you know, your heart, your mind is not in it. That will do more harm than good. But my concentration is watch your step when you enter God's house. Meaning, there is a blessing that is found in the house of God for each and every one of us. But the degree to which you have access to the more that God has in store for you is dependent on your attitude in God's house. But signs depend on your attitude. behave presence when we come to the house of God, we come to meet with God. But you can also miss God. The difference between those who find church powerful and those who find church boring lies in their attitude when they come in God's presence. The difference between those who find church powerful and those who find church boring lies in their attitude when they come in God's house. So we went when I go away and say come back to church for many is now in the place of God is powerful. The difference is your attitude. So how do you prepare to meet God? I am not talking about meeting God in eternity. That's a topic for another day. I know heaven at last, but before we go to heaven, you can actually meet God whilst on earth. How do we prepare to meet with God in fellowship and on a daily basis in our lives? So I'll make you focus on how we can prepare to encounter God in the house of God. In fellowship, when you attend a church service, when you attend any spiritual meeting, 
It's not just about the meeting. It's about your attitude in that meeting. So Ecclesiastes 5 verse 1 makes it clear that we need to watch ourselves when we come into God's presence. When we enter God's house. There are people who focus too much on what is happening around them. On what's happening in the lives of the people around when they come in the house of God. And they get to miss. I've been approached sometimes. I've heard people say, So, what was happening? Maybe when they saw someone under the power of the Holy Spirit, maybe when they saw or heard someone pray. And for them, it, it just ended in being shocked or maybe astonished, baffled. Like they tried to understand why someone was praying a certain way, why someone was manifesting a certain way, why someone was was said in name a certain way, why someone was praying a certain way, why someone was dancing a certain way. So like I mentioned, there is a blessing that comes upon each and every one of us when we come into God's house. But you can propose to position yourself to receive that, to have access to the more that God has in store. The Bible says, watch yourself. Watch your step when you enter God's house. You can be in the house of God where a sermon is preached and you get two things and someone gets ten things. What is the difference? I've had two notes that, for example, if I was to ask you to send me your notes after this sermon, they will be different. I've had two notes. I hope someone is already getting challenged. It seems like others always get more than others. We have, all of us have got two sets of ears. But we have people that will hear more than others. So I want you to pay particular attention. I want you to give me your attention. Tell your neighbor, don't stay, don't cross. So you don't just decide to come to church or attend any spiritual meeting without planning and preparing. There is no way that people should come to church and go back home this time. It is not right. I've heard statements like we, we, we actually say them. And if you are to measure them against the word of God, you discover that they are not the truth in its entirety. For example, we say, no man encounters God and remains the same. Someone, someone agree with me? No man encounters God and remains the same. But then if you are to look at that statement in the light of the scriptures, you discover that it's not entirely true. Follow me. It is very true that you cannot encounter God and remain the same. God may want to change you, but if you resist the change in that encounter, you may remain the same. 
their people encountered God in the word of God and their lives changed tremendously. We can give a number of examples. Moses encountered God. The rest is history. We are still talking about him today. Jeremiah encountered God. Joseph. Aaron and many, many other guys. They encountered God in a special way. Are you telling me Judas never encountered God? He was in the presence of God. He never changed. Was the problem with Jesus or Judas? His attitude. There are people who can encounter God and they still decide to hold on to their life, their way of life. So I always tell you this. Let's be very careful that we don't just preach what we hear from people. Let's preach what we get from the word of God. Sometimes we just say, no man can encounter God and remember the same. And what happens when people encounter God and they remain the same? You know what will happen? They will start blaming God. They will start thinking God has got favorites. And some people will start thinking um, maybe the problem is with the man of God. Maybe the other man of God is more anointed than the other man of God. Be very careful with such beliefs. Be very careful. And that's what the Bible says, we need to rightly divide the word of truth. So the problem isn't with God, but the lack of preparation and concentration on our part as we come in God's presence. The problem is not with God. The problem is on our part. We lack preparation and concentration when we come in God's house. So your attitude is able to hinder you from having an encounter with God. Where people are testifying, you might think they are faking it. Where people are enjoying God, you might think they are just playing around. Where people are encountering God, you might think they are just busy fantasizing it. Like I mentioned, Moses had an encounter with God. We all know what happened next. He never remained the same. When God was just calling Moses, Moses was full of excuses. And the life of Moses after encountering God no longer had excuses, but it was a life of exploits. And you all know how great of a prophet Moses was. Moses encountered God. He never remained the same. If you read your Bible, did the children of Israel ever encounter God? 
I think so. Did they check? There was a time God kept and they said, please, they told him, we, we, we never want you to come in that way. So today, I'm just talking about how you can prepare for an encounter with God. But then, encountering God is not enough. There is also such a thing as maintaining an encounter with God, which is what we're talking for today. One of the sermons God gave me, you can imagine just in, in a single moment, just in this week. How can you maintain that constant and consistent atmosphere and environment where you keep on encountering God? We'll talk about it later. But how can you prepare to encounter God? I do not want to be like the children of Israel who have God in their midst and they miss it. I do not want to be like Judas, who was, who is in the company of God and he loses it. And I hear some of you who are in the church, keep that in mind. But they were still deceived because of their attitude. They were tempted by the love of money. You can be in a place where God is leading you to give more than the usual. And your flesh will tell you, ah, if you give that much, you will remain with nothing. Look at that project. Look at what you want to do. You can't give that much because you, you are also looking for this much. Why am I touching all these examples? My point is very simple. People must prepare for and they must propose to deliberately encounter God. And not just to encounter God, but people must also propose to maintain their encounter with God. An encounter with God is not always spontaneous, something unplanned, like for example in the case of Paul. He just encountered God. An encounter with God is not always a miracle. Keep that in mind. You can actually deliberately manifest an encounter with God. You can actualize an encounter with God. So an encounter with God can be something that you effect through your attitude. There are many people who just come to church, they just attend spiritual meetings to meet a man of God and not the God of that man. So you don't just come to meet a man of God or be prayed for. You come to church to encounter and not God personally. 
And that is why it is also our duty as men of God. When people come to us, we don't point them to ourselves. We have to point them to the right direction, and that is God. There is no man of God who is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is. There is no man of God who is the way, the truth, and the life. I, only Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, we are told there is no any other name given on earth by which men must be saved. It is only the name of, so the name of a man of God cannot save you. And that is why, be very careful. Have you noticed how people are busy moving up and down? Uh, they move from this man of God, they hear there is prophets. You know, it's rare that you can actually hear of the evangelist today. I was thinking about it yesterday. The fivefold. It's like in the fivefold, we have a lot of apostles, a lot of prophets, pastors. And yeah, those three are apostles, pastors, and prophets. Where are the teachers? Where are the evangelists? Glory to God. I was almost tempted to change my title. But you don't take away the, the, the honor that God has given you. So many people just come to church and attend other church programs just for the sake of it. Come in my form of church and if you ask them, church question, they have no idea what they can point at. So as I mentioned, it is also our duty as men of God to make sure that we help people know God. We have to point people to God and not ourselves. So quickly, how do you prepare for a church or any spiritual meeting? I'm going to give us um, three points for today. Two points for today. You know, as a man of few words, I don't have to always emphasize it. Glory to God. I was listening to a son of the house on Wednesday, and he said, I'm a man of few words like my father. Glory to God. That was a very, very powerful sermon. You can imagine I was alone. And I was busy laughing, enjoying. I was busy saying, Amen. That's powerful. I remember he said, Pastor can give. I was like, you know right. So how do you prepare for a church or any spiritual meeting? For a church meeting or any spiritual meeting? It can be an overnight. It can be a concert. It can be a conference. It can be a seminar. Whatever form of fellowship. It can be women's fellowship tonight. It can be a youth meeting. How do you prepare for such meetings? Number one, give your heart to God. Meaning, seek God with your heart or from your heart. Seek God from your heart. Give God your heart. Romans chapter 10, let's read 10. Romans chapter 10 from verse 9 to 10. If you openly say, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the death, from death, you will be saved. If you openly say Jesus is Lord, look at this. 
look at this. People openly say Jesus is Lord. It's very easy. But do you actually believe in your heart? Does it come from your heart? An open confession that does not come from your heart does not mean anything. Believe in your heart. Meaning your, your words and your heart have to agree. Let's read this step. Yes, we believe in Jesus. Deep in our hearts. Glory to God. So we are made right with God and we openly say that we believe in him. So we are saved. A lot of people have got their hearts separated from their words. But if you are to look at verse 9 and verse 10, you will notice that your words and your heart have to be in one place. So this is confirmed in many passages of scripture. God wants your heart above all. Above all, God wants your heart. The problem isn't God being found. Let me say it clearly. The problem isn't God not being found. But the failure on the part of man to seek God with all his heart. The failure isn't God not being found, but the failure on the part of man to seek God with all his heart. So it's not that Mongusama Bezeka, but what Vambi Sama Sakira Mongusama always. I have noticed, for example, when it comes to, to giving, I just want to give an example, but it's not part of what I'm talking about today. We'll talk about giving maybe in some other sense. If I do something from, from the bottom of my heart, every time I give, I'm convinced I have to give. Within a short period of time, I will receive back the money. Last thing, I'll give you a practical example. I was thinking, I, I had to plan to give a few things for, for my daughter because it was a birthday. And I said, okay, if I can buy this, 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 this. And then when I go home, if at least I can, I can get maybe this amount and give the man to at least get us something. You know, I can get her something, but I believe the mother was best. So remember, mother's not best. And then in that moment, I was going to manage to buy what I wanted to buy. But then that's the extra amount I wanted was going to injure what I wanted to save. For lack of better things, I was thinking, ah, I'm going to be less on this. And in that moment, when I left home, I was going to I was, I, I was going to the mall. I was with my son's We left Chichi and the mother home. And someone sent money to my account and said, that is for children. I said it was intact. I have seen God do crazy stuff 
Something that maybe you lost in a period of three months, God is able to give you in a moment. God is faithful. Let me go back to my point. The problem is not that God cannot be found. The problem is on the part of man failing to seek God with all their hearts. Jeremiah 29 verse 13. This is God saying, you will search for me and you will find me. It's not automatic that when you seek God, you find him. There is a condition there. You will search for me and when you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. At Mozani Sakira Sakira, Mozani Beza, so when you come to church, don't just give God your lips and give God your heart. When you are to praise for the sake of Is it just from your lips or is it from your heart? When Deacon Mwanza or maybe Deacon Gwena or any of the guys are leading us in prayer, are you just praying for the sake of it? Or it, it is coming from your heart? God does not need your words. He needs your heart. Beyond lip service, it has to come from the heart. We have to mean what we say, we have to mean what we pray, we have to mean what we see. We don't just see prayers, talk, just for the sake of it. We don't just need to say things for the sake of it. We have to mean them. Matthew chapter 15 verse 8. This is Jesus quoting the book of Isaiah 29 verse 13. Okay, we're just going to read this one. Tell the part of Isaiah 29 verse 13. That's where Jesus was quoting this. And he says, these people, Paul has been with their lips, but their heart is far away from him. It's like, I'm going to go to my house, I'm going to go to my house, I'm going to go to my house, but I'm going to go to my house, is your heart in the house of God? Because when I church, tomorrow no matter how it is, they will never become Christians. There are some people who give an offering because it has become a ceremony, it's become a ritual. It no longer does nothing in their lives, and that is why you are going to be when you join my country without even expecting nothing. The kind of giving that doesn't touch you will not touch God. So it's very clear above all that what God wants is our hearts. You want to see and encounter God, you must maintain a pure heart. Everything you do must come from your heart. You must mean what you're doing in the house of God. Don't do things to be seen. 
don't do things to outshine others. We are doing ministry. This is not a competition zone. Do things to touch the heart of God. With a pure heart. Why is a pure heart important? Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart. What will happen? For they shall see God. If you have not been seen God in your life, ask yourself, how, how pure is my heart? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The quickest way to see God in your life is maintaining a pure heart. When you're praying, have a pure heart. When you're singing, sing with a pure heart. When you're serving, sing with a pure heart. Don't just do it in the name of Zawaneka Moshe. You are not doing it to win the approval of man. You are doing it for God. And that's why, by the way, but not that whatever you are doing, do so without complaining. If you are doing it for God, no matter how people treat you, you will not complain. Because your service is unto the Lord. Now, having a pure heart, this is what God told me this morning, having a pure heart does not mean being perfect. Because no human being is. That's why if you are to follow what Jesus meant, he said, be perfect for thy heavenly father is perfect. In other words, he was saying you cannot be perfect without God. Meaning, we are perfected in Christ Jesus. That's what the scriptures say. So when we say have a pure heart, we are not saying uh, being perfect as in being spotless, human, humanly speaking, but having pure intentions when you come in the presence of God, doing things from the depth of your heart. Approaching God with all our heart, regardless of our shortcomings, that's what it means to have a pure heart. Number two, how do we prepare for an encounter with God? Our mind has to be set, or rather focused on God. Your mind has to be set. Your mind has to be focused on God. Why is this important? It is simply because a double-minded person can hardly receive something from God. If your mind is not in one place, it will be very difficult for you to be able to grasp, to be able to get that which God has in store for you. So your mind has to be in one place. When you come to church, let your mind be in church. When you are listening to the word of God, let your mind be focused on the word of God. James chapter 1 verse 7 to 8. For that person must not suppose that you will receive anything. Look at this. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Who is that person? Is it? He is a double-minded man and stable in all his ways. So if you want to prepare for an encounter with God, let your mind be fixed 
on what God is doing, on what God is saying in that sense. Fix your mind on God. Apart from doing things from the bottom of your heart, meaning much I pray, you have to fix your mind. You have to, you have to focus your mind. And that is why when we come in God's presence, so many times when we are praying and we are about to praise and worship, many people will say, don't think about what you have left at home. You know what? They are trying to help us focus on God in that moment. Because you cannot effectively hear from God if you allow your problems to be talking to you while you in God's presence. You cannot effectively hear from God if you allow that battle in the mind to put you to meet you. So don't be double-minded when you come in God's house. If you are double-minded, whatever is happening in that moment will not make sense. Because So where and what you focus your mind on determines what you receive. Where and what you focus your mind on determines what you eventually receive. Keep your mind pure and focused on the right things. Why is focusing our minds important in this regard? Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Why is focusing our minds important in this regard? Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 to 3. The Bible says, set your mind. Very never set your mind. This is like setting your antenna. Where there is strong connectivity. Set your mind, meaning decide what your mind focuses on. Mind what you subject your mind to. You have got the power to check your mind. You have got the power to direct your mind. Sometimes you just discover randomly you are thinking about other things. And in that moment, you say, no, go for greed. I'm not supposed to be thinking about these things. Glory to God. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above. You have to decide to think about heavenly things. And habitually, habitually, it has to become a habit. You cannot live a heavenly lifestyle if you have a wicked mindset. You cannot effectively please God in your life if your mind is focused on other things. Focus habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on the things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. You cannot be in God's presence. And you're thinking about those things are not important. You want to hear God. Focus your mind. So many times, have you noticed I'm sharing with you simple things, but these are things that if you pay attention to them, you are going to position yourself for an encounter with God. It will look simple, but your life will not be the same. 
Focus your mind. When you come in God's presence, let your mind be on God. When it's time for praise and worship, focus on who we are praising. Sometimes we are so taken by the tune of the keyboard. And sometimes we are so taken by the godliness and the chair of the voice. And we miss the instinct the essence of what we are doing in that moment. Haven't you noticed that if you are spiritual, sometimes the sound doesn't matter, it is the message. Haven't you wondered in other places, for example, let's talk about Nigerians. Sometimes they'll be praising God and you that is listening to them, you will say, I saw my name, I like Babish Naiki, let's be honest, how many of us have been there? And it praise and worship doesn't just need to make sense to you. It's not for you. It is for God. Sometimes even when, when people are saying, I didn't enjoy worship, why should you enjoy worship as if we were worshiping you? <laughs> so what else? Am I saying the president no? Am I saying my simple people no? All I'm saying is that I'm focused must be beyond the music. Our focus must be beyond the godliness of the voice. We must be spiritual enough to grasp the meaning of what we are communicating. Our hearts have to be connected to the heart of God. Do you never focus your mind? I was with a friend of mine. He brought me books yesterday. He's actually Bible school. He's, 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 he's a pastor, an apostle, and uh, redeemed. You can imagine in, in, in such a setup and as a young man. And he asked me a question How do you manage to, to always teach new things? Because it's always following us. He said, It's all about, it's about, it's about God. And I told him, from my, from my point of view, I think we must never become comforted. We must decide what we focus our hearts and our minds on. Because he was asking me, in this busy world, how do you manage to balance ministry? How do you manage to balance other things you do family and so much? I said, sometimes you have to be physically present but spiritually absent in that place. The times where you can be in a physical location, but you're not there. You are focusing on other things. You choose what you focus on. Choose to focus your mind on things that matter. I've discovered a lot of people waste their time always arguing about who is the richest who is the most beautiful and handsome in the world? The people are always checking which country has got the most beautiful girls. After you find out so much, you want to go there? Focus your mind. Focus your mind. So, what you habitually set your mind on. Determines what you eventually receive in your life. Let's go to the screen. 
Why should you set your mind on things about biases for your guide to this world? You are in the world, but not of the world. So worldly things must not always take or get your attention. Please, there is a problem. You can imagine, I always give this practical example. Everyone around you can be admiring this beautiful girl. And for you, what you're looking at is a soul that needs Jesus. Am I talking to somebody? Why should we set our minds on things above for we die to this world? And your new, which is your real life, is hidden with Christ in God. One of the things that you can do to measure and check what you're thinking about is can Jesus be thinking about this? Having the mind of Christ is thinking about things that Jesus can used to think about, that Jesus thinks about even now. What do you think is on the mind of Jesus? He's thinking about souls. He's thinking about glorifying the Father. He's thinking about furthering the kingdom of God. He's thinking about your healing. He's thinking about your, your prosperity. Now, as we are about to go to uh, point number three, let me say this under number two. I said, focus your mind. I used to be guilty of this way back when, when I was young. Sometimes we went to attend a church or any spiritual meeting with a wrong mindset. Don't go in the house of God. Don't go in any meeting looking for mistakes. If you preoccupy your mind with perfectionism, you just want to see how are people singing, how are people doing things, you will miss it. Do you know that sometimes you can go in a meeting where people are playing? And then if you focus, you to get something from God. Because your relationship in that moment is not based on what other people are doing, but you want to encounter God in your own way. So avoid looking for mistakes and errors in God's presence, that will only distract you. Avoid focusing on people, focus your mind on God. What should you do? Let's read Philippians 4 verse 8, then we're going to go to point number 3. It is a decision to actually fix your mind, to set your mind. And now, brothers, as I close this letter, imagine after Paul spoke to the church in Philippi, he didn't leave out this important thing. He said, as I'm about to close this letter, as I'm about to close this epistle, let me say this one more thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. On what is true and good and right. Think about the things that are pure. So, in a world that is so impure, you can choose to think about pure things. In a world that is full of the head, you can think about things that are lovely. 
glory to God. I was looking at someone. By the grace of God, there are seven things that are I dislike the question that one of them is possible. Someone was asking me, there are some people that so many times maybe they, they will bring they will bring issues that they will mention. No, this person was saying this. At one time I said, even if you hear them say that things about me, I will even appreciate it. You don't even tell me. And the other time this person asked me a question and said, why is it that regardless of the many bad things that maybe you heard people say about you, why don't you say bad things about them? I said, you know what? We don't overcome gossip with gossip. The Bible says we don't overcome evil by being evil. We overcome evil by good. Here is the thing. In a world that is full of wickedness, I said it a few weeks ago, gossip does not reveal how good you are. Gossip actually reveals how bad you are. Because it is people that in the day you act with your friend, don't even disclose their, 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 their secrets. You remember that scripture? Think about things that are pure and lovely. Dwell on the fly. You may go in the service where we do, maybe we did and you can imagine that's, that's, that's all you're focusing on. Come back to the university, why can't you focus on other things? Focus, why was it focus on the fine? Think about all you can praise God for. Be glad about you. Today I never choose to focus your mind. So number one, I said we have to give God our hearts. We have to do things from our hearts. And number two, I said we have to set our minds on what we want to receive from God. Number three, tell your neighbor, take notes. If you are able to write, take notes. I am saying if you are able to write, take notes because it's not everyone who can write. But I believe by the grace of God this morning, everyone in this place, I believe we can write. So if you don't have a notebook, buy one. Always take notes. Now, by the grace of God, I will soon, I will soon do a comprehensive teaching on the importance of taking notes. Like you can imagine, there is a whole sermon on this. But for now, why should you take notes? If you can, number one, taking notes will help you to stay engaged. Taking notes will help you to focus. Now, why am I saying this? We are human beings, if you want. Can be, can be, easily what? Distracted. Hey! Uh, and we live in a time where it's, 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 it's a world of multitasking. So you can easily get distracted. But notes are important because as you are taking notes, they will help you to stay engaged. 
to stay focused on what you are receiving in that moment. Now, why is taking notes important? It is because it will help you retain what you have received. Uh, retain as in R-E-T-A-I-N, to retain, that is to maintain it. Writing notes will help you to retain what you have received. It has been proven that as human beings, we have a very short learning and retaining span. As human beings, we can only learn so much at a given time. There is a point when the brain gets tired. I don't know. But size in period of Now we know we are also different as human beings. Let me be honest with you. There are people who get disengaged when they are writing notes. I have met such people. Let's be honest. How many of you have met such people? You are 0.5, the person is still on one. So now what such people should do is, for example, what um, uh, what I actually to one does, she will record every sermon. So I think that is recording, and that's what does the same. It takes notes, but he also records. I think I've seen the control do that. You know, when you record a sermon, let me tell you the advantage. You can be taking notes that uh, maybe concerning the points that you've gotten in that moment, but when you record actual own free time, when you start listening. You'll be writing and following through meaning you can even pause, right? You play, pause, you get my point, right? So I'm just trying to balance. Not all of us can write notes the same way. For example, I can manage to write. Like I can I think I can type very fast, but not everyone is like. Not everyone is like me. I can type while I spoke to someone else, else two times. But my point is, we are different. So embrace your strengths. If what works for you is recording, then you listen better and you write down, please go for it. But taking notes is really important because the other point is that taking notes will help you to remain at work. Because if you are actively taking notes, you know, you will be focused. Sometimes people sleep because they become so comfortable, let's be honest. So taking notes means you are preserving knowledge in your life, to preserve this to keep for future use. Meaning whatever you are getting is not just for now. It is for the many days and for the many years to come. I believe many of us have gone back to the things we wrote 
years ago, and he said, Wow, I love this. This was so powerful. And it works for you even now. What you're writing today will work for you in the next two, three, four, five years. Even in the next 20 years, if Jesus studies you. Now, as I'm about to conclude yesterday, it has also been proven and discovered. I, I don't know if it's me or if any even science proves this, but according to what I have discovered and proven, is that what you write down, you don't easily forget. But don't you notice that, for example, if you are going to town, you write down the things you want to buy. By the time you'll be going back to the list, if you wrote them now, by the time they're going back to the list, it's either you bought everything or maybe you just forgot one. That's if you wrote down. But if you don't write down what you're supposed to buy or do, by the time you remember what you are supposed to buy, that's the honest. That's why even budgets, you don't just have a budget in your head, you write it down. What you write down is what you run with. It is biblical. What is you write? What you write down is what you run with. God taught Habakkuk. Write down the vision. For he who run with it, he will raise. So it's like there is that interconnection between your brain and your hands. What you write down with your hands, it's like there is that coordination that takes place. You cannot easily forget. There is a difference between someone who is just listening and someone who is writing down. But other things we take note. I said as I conclude. I'm not going to say as I conclude 15 times. Other things to take note as you come for church or any other spiritual meeting. Tell your neighbor, mind your sitting posture. Mind your sitting what? Mind your sitting posture. Don't sit too comfortable in church. You're not in your bedroom. Sometimes you are sitting at your bed and go, when you are in your bed and go, I'm sure you've seen people who go to bed when they are not that in bed, so you are not too comfortable. When I go to bed, sometimes you are calm. You may go to bed, but you are in bed, but you are in bed. How do you sit? How do you sit in church? And some people when they sit, they will sit like this. I have some people sit like this in church. We are preaching. And then they are saying, Amen. Times are preaching and they even say, Amen. It is good to be here. <laughs> and then the other thing that you have to avoid, I, I said, mind your sitting what? Posture. If you are sitting, 
you must make sure that you maintain eye contact. Look at the person teaching. Get what they're saying. Don't move your eyes endlessly and anyhow. No, 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 no. You know what you're doing? You are endangering your own attention. Then, when you're in church, you don't also you don't sit like this. I always talk about it. Like, that is not meditation time, that is receiving time. You do that when you're meditating. Because when you sit like that, what do you expect? Sometimes worth it. This is that spiritual. Hands are all down. So mind your, especially in this weather, mind your sitting what posture. Don't be too comfortable. And then, natural sima gonna go on foot. One of the things to avoid collapse you. Some of you, your enemy is what you're leading against. So don't be too comfortable. Then when you see your neighbor dozing, don't be that neighbor that just looking at them and they are laughing. Oh, Hallelujah. And then there are people who will tell you when, whenever you tell them, wake up and tell them, <laughs> <laughs> don't, 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 don't be too comfortable. Don't face down. Avoid leaning against things a lot. Don't disturb others. When you're in church, there is how you can talk to them. There is how you can talk to them. Don't disturb others and don't allow others to disturb you. Sometimes if someone behind you wants to talk to you, they can maybe even write a note on you. But make sure that even that conversation must help you to remain focused. It's an error for someone to write a note in church and ask your neighbor, boy, what time is the man in church came again? In church. That's a fear of God. There's some of the things that we can talk about in the letter after church service is done. And see beyond, see beyond the one ministry. This is what distracts a lot of people. I, I wish I could amplify these points, but for the sake of time, not that time is done, but I don't want to overload you. I want to stick to three points. See beyond the one ministry. We have gotten to miss what God is saying in our lives because. We see Montuanetis Luxembourg, not the one that God is using. Beyond your husband. Sometimes I know as husbands, we are, we, we are human. 
Maybe Tikona Isaac Manza has offended the wife who is a Tikonist in the church. And you know, when Tikona Isaac is leading us to pray, it means prayer. And then he's there leading us in prayer, he's even sweating profusely. Forget about things that happen in your life. I'm not saying we must we must um, we must not have peace at home where we come from. I am not saying we must live anyhow. But I'm talking to you. I'm not talking about the the weaknesses of people. There is a place where Second Corinthians chapter six verse three. The Bible says our way of life has got the power to block people from following our ministry, okay? Our character has got power. But now I'm talking to you. Don't look at trial of ministry with the eyes of how you know him. You will miss what God is saying. Don't look at Eva's ministry with the eyes of you are going to miss what God is saying to you. God can use even the people you dislike. Let us have reverence for ministry. So treat everyone who is ministering as God's person. It can be your biological sister. For example, it may be Richard ministering, she was ministering, and then there is Sandra in the, in, in the audience. Sandra who is, show me some of you don't know, Sandra is actually the, the elder sister to right? And then, because she's older than him, she's there saying, <laughs> You're going to miss what God is even Mary, the mother of Jesus, understood that she needed to treat Jesus as Lord in order for her to receive it. And that's why she told the disciples, do whatever he tells you to do. So see beyond the present ministry. These are just some of the ways you can actually prepare for church and not miss what God is doing. So don't just look at people in front of you, see vessels that God is using to pour into our lives. It's not about how you know them, it's about how God is using them. I want us to take time and begin to pray. We're going to write stuff. How to prepare for an encounter with God. Let's Let your heart be in what you're doing. Fix and set your mind. Tell us. Too much, too much, Let's sing together too much. Oh, too much.
Thank you, Father, for your love. We are so grateful, oh Lord. We glorify your name for there is no Thank you, Father, for your love is endless. Thank you, Father, for your love is unconditional. Thank you, Father, for sending your son Jesus to come and die for our sins. Thank you, Father, for healing us. Thank you, Father, for restoring us. Thank you, Father, for preserving our lives. You are so grateful, oh God. It's not thy power, not thy might, it's by your grace. Thank you, Lord, for keeping up healing us this far. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be in your presence. We are so grateful, oh God. Thank you. 
Charlie, 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 
before this, Lord, and it's about you. Lord, we pray for the rest of the day. Take over to the church as we have a powerful and wonderful service tomorrow, Lord God. We pray that, Lord, may you continue to rule and reign. You are the one that heals. You are the one that delivers. You are the one that makes the way. You are the one that changes things. Thank you for each and every family. Thank you for each and every person in this place, even those online. And may your hand be upon them. In Jesus' mighty name, begin to clap for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So we are going to give up.